I am just thrilled to say. What a You're such a wonderful crowd. Where's the neon? Where's the neon? This is Max. It's a new show, and I'm with Cameron Clough and Danny. Thanks for joining me. Where's the neon? <laughs> a new hard-hitting report from Mondo Neon. Hey, this week went? with Cameron. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, how's, it going? how's it going, man? It's good. It's good. So everyone doesn't actually know what's going on right now. It's not one guest. It's actually two. And this is sort of like our take on popular news meets neon. And if anybody's wondering what this is going to be like, uh, hang on because it gets better. So, <laughs> so first up, uh, topic we're just going to kind of cover here is a uh, popular neon museum in Las Vegas. Did you say who you're talking to? Yeah. Did so, you? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh, Cameron. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, Cameron. Did. Okay. All Go right. Ahead. Uh, so you guys want to introduce yourselves, actually? You want to tell everybody a little bit about who you are? Absolutely. Um, my name is Danny Bonet, and I am a neon artist living in Los Angeles. Cool. And I am Cameron Klo, living in Vancouver, Canada. And I produce neon, I make neon arts, neon props, just about everything <clears throat> neon-related. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, like I said, uh, we're going to cover this first topic here. First up is popular Neon Museum in Las Vegas is expanding. So the Neon Museum is preparing to double in size by uh, expanding across Las Vegas Boulevard with a dollar a year lease. Uh, city officials are planning this Neon 2020. Now, have either of you uh, seen sort of the Neon Museum? Maybe, uh, the, maybe when you're in neck of the woods, New York City is, is kind of going through a drought here. I don't think we've really got it together where we can kind of pull enough real estate uh, is this something that happens? To yeah. Me? This one actually has a very sweet spot in my heart because um, when I was younger, I would always try to go to this museum. And um, back before they opened up this cool museum that is outdoors, they just kind of had it like shut away in like this tiny little box. And you had to like really be like persistent to get a meeting to go get it so I could never go to the museum and I was always like bummed also they just threw them outside and like I don't even think any of them worked so then they upgraded to like and this is in Vegas so it's like just like non-stop heat like beating down on it uh then they moved to this like cool outdoor like museum which I think was really awesome but it was also really hard to go because you had they only let like I think it was like 20 people at a time and you have to like get a tour and you can't really like be free with the neon. You just have to like go with the tour guide. So the fact that they're moving to like this uh, new spot, which by the way, like I've seen this spot go through so many changes, like my life in Vegas. It's a really cool like art deco. Like um, was it, wasn't it the, like the former church of uh, Jesus of Latter-day Saints? Yeah, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? It was. And then <laughs> that went out of business. Yeah. Like the guy who uh, has a namesake for it, he was like an advocate for that. So yeah, it was the Mormon church at one time. And then it was like the Shakespeare theater. And Are now, you from Vegas? Are you from yeah, Vegas? I was oh, born okay. There. I didn't know that. Amazing. And yeah. they also have hot yoga too now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> which which is all the rage and then you know tim burton's gonna be there right so tim burton's gonna be there right? so this will be huge because uh i think they needed like an indoor component to this museum to really make it the full effect so yeah this is i think it's what gonna be that, incredible what does that mean he's gonna be there so there's a show coming up it's actually october 15th so he has his own 
uh, show. And he's going to have basically, uh, it's running through October 15th through February. And it's basically, it's a renowned film, American filmmaker, everyone knows. And what he's yeah. doing is he's, you know, it's free admission and he's basically has original fine art that's going to be there. So I, I'm assuming it's going to have me on involved. I would hope so. Yeah. Um, and this is at the new neon museum you're talking about. Yeah. Or just it, in Vegas. Then the new museum and, uh, is going to be there. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So, so is that, it is it moving or expanding? Because I was expanding. I, I it's it's moving across the street or something, right? So they're going to have more space, more display area. Is that right? Yeah. So there's. I've, I've never been. I have to admit, I've never been to Vegas. As crazy as that may sound to some. Wow. Um, yeah, it's kind of like something I've been meaning to do for a long time. But anyway, I haven't been there, and so I haven't seen the museum. I've seen pictures. And um, a couple of people who work at the company, parent company I work for, um, have like took pictures recently and it was amazing. Like I didn't think any of it lit up, but apparently they've been lighting up large parts of it for a while. So it's, that is a bit more exciting to me to see. So, so they're basically adding 32,000 square feet, which is basically awesome. going to double its footprint. Uh, and indoor space, indoor space too, right? Yeah, because right now it's like pretty much entirely outdoor. Right. Um, yeah. So cool. That's so cool. basically, yeah. Good news story. Good for the museum. Good for Neon. I think a lot of people obviously haven't been there. Should definitely check it out. And uh, you know, I mean, there's definitely content online. So if you haven't made it over, they do kind of make an effort to uh, to let people know what it's like. You know, you can kind of walk around the pictures and get a vibe for what's there. So you know, what's interesting uh, is I think that that museum. Um, Again, I haven't been there, but um, <clears throat> obviously known about it for a long time. I think that idea, they, that, that, the idea that they started is spreading because I know in uh, Toronto, where I'm from, there's like some sort of committee that is looking at starting something in Toronto. And I've heard of that uh, type of initiative in New York City. Uh, in Vancouver, actually, where I am right now, has a permanent neon museum exhibit. Yeah, I've at, been there. Have you? Yeah. At, at, the, at the museum. <clears throat> but it's quite limited. But I mean, it's respectable for, for what it is. Um, so it seems like it's part of a, a bigger trend, which is awesome. I mean, you know, it's it's a good way to keep people interested in neon. And, and just, you know, the, the history of neon is so important. Because in recent years, like the neon art that's going on now is amazing. And you see a lot of neon being uh, refurbished, which is amazing. In Vancouver, it's totally happening. I know it's happening all over the place. Um, uh, but, you know, like in the 80s and 90s, uh, like, you know, there's a lot of crappy neon made then, like kind of kind of boring and, 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 and beyond, like just logo related, kind of somewhat ugly. But that 50s, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s time period, there's so much amazing neon history then, you know? Right. Well, I think also too, like what you said, like a lot of this stuff's kind of getting trashed. I mean, if you look at how New York's represented itself lately, uh, you know, you have stores that are just like sign goes out and business is done and we're like, fuck it. We're just throwing the trash. Right. And I think a lot of people will remind us. Still? That, yeah. Still they do that? Yeah. That's I mean, uh, New York real estate is kind of, yeah, obviously it's highly coveted. Um, oh, yeah. the buildings you mean? The buildings you mean? Yeah, well, I think the, I mean, there's this kind of like renovation that happens, I think, with within the context of the city. And people do, I think. Are we talking about renovations? <laughs> like, you know, when you, people just gut it. I mean, it's kind of like when you, yeah. like, 
yeah this this club lasted one year and uh it's finished you know it's like oh yeah you know we're we're, wherever we sit and we kind of count the dots and say you know there wasn't enough uh pizzazz um but kind of like what you said too i think you know a lot of people do have fond memories of certain signs i think that era of signage probably has more people behind it than others just maybe because they grew up with it a little bit closer uh maybe i don't know but but yeah, well, it, uh, and the late '80s is when the sign industry really got away from those kinds of signs, uh, and beyond, and earlier than that, when they got into rectangular, uh, like illuminated signs with fluorescence, um, they really got away from this kind of creative sign making. And when I got into the industry in '89, uh, I watched the last of the creative people basically leave the industry because there was no role for them in a lot of in, to, to a great degree, because yeah. computers came along. Uh, a new type of signage that was more logo driven and not really like they don't need you to think anything. They need you to recreate their image and <laughs> do it cheap and do it good. I mean, that doesn't necessarily take the same kind of skills that these previous examples did. You know, they were much more like art or something, you know? Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking about architecture, is Havana getting a makeover? Uh, one of the cool parts about what's happening in Havana right now is that they've got these neon signs and uh, one man's made it his mission, but there is a really a group of people there, Kadir uh, Lopez. Uh, where Have you guys heard about Havana coming up with all these uh, kind of coming and bringing the glitter back? Yeah, I've seen like a really cool video that basically documents them taking down the really old kind of destroyed signs and then relighting and, and putting it back up and new and, and just seeing how like changes the city's glow um it's really like a beautiful thing that they're doing yeah. it's funny because <clears throat> in vancouver one of the problems they have is uh, for example and i'm sure this is true in other cities in north america or whatever is that they can't take a lot of these signs down because they take them down and they're not allowed to put them back. They can't right. put them back up again because they're sort of grandfathered in. And then as soon as they take them down, they got to be engineered. And, uh, and, and for good reason, because uh, I, I've heard of signs being, oh, well, they're putting the old such and such sign back up and they go put it up and you can see the wall like flexing. You know, like this is not going to work, you know. Oh, so, shoot. yeah, so it's funny because what they're doing there, it sounds like we could never do here. But I mean, I think what's going on there, sorry to interrupt, but what's going on there is I think what's going on in a lot of cities. I, but I think what's special about Havana is it's such a time capsule and, and it really everything kind of ground to a halt, so to speak, you know, in, in a certain extent, to a certain extent. And right in that sweet spot of like 50s, in the 60s right so all these signs are probably beautiful yeah and it's, uh, it's very uh you know when i talked to kadir he's actually been on the podcast he was talking about just the nature of bringing over equipment we always think about like how difficult it is to enjoy neon and having to source all the materials to make it but that's always kind of like counterintuitive but he's he had to take parts of the manifold and and all of like the all the torches and really package it up and do multiple trips from New York City, actually Jeffrey from Leatherby Neon was really helpful in this process of actually obtaining the actual equipment to, you know, redevelop some of these signs because there's no place to technically go buy this stuff in Cuba. 
So when you think about it, you're like, wow, you know, this is a very kind of ritzy move in Havana. It's actually slowly kind of when these, you know, over the decades, the tropical weather and the neon signs are pretty rough. So they don't tend to like restore them and fix them up completely. So they have this kind of like authentic, proven vibe, you know, not only where they abandoned, but his work really kind of plays on this idea of what once was. So you kind of like the locals are super delighted because they're like, well, now the streets aren't like grimy and full of kind of, you know, this, mm. this, this like kind of sad type <clears throat> of, uh, you know, kind of rusting away. It's kind of chased away some of that past where, you know, it's kind of marginally been proven to, you know, bring together part, certain parts of the neighborhood. I guess what I'm saying is that historically, you know, they've guided the the city to a, a better place, you know, whether it's just like with this, you know, effort that they've done. So that, that I think can work. I like the, I like the idea that he's an artist, right? Kadir Lopez. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's an artist himself. So I love that. That's like, I'm sure he's one um, person. Uh, there's probably yeah. a, a number of different uh, initiatives, I'm sure. But uh, it's cool to know that, that some of it's coming from that kind of place as opposed to, you know, we're going to bring back the tourists and you know, bring in all the corporations and, and spiffing the place up a bit. Like just to bring that history back would be, in my mind, a long-term good idea for like tourism and stuff. Because you if you go to Cuba, you want to see the real Cuba, this is part of the real Cuba. So it, it's totally cool. I didn't see that doc, that that footage, Danny. Did they get into like sourcing out their equipment and bringing like bringing people in, or, um, or no? Was... It just kind of touched the surface, um, just like kind of visually showing. I think I think it was clear, like uh, the process that he did to like basically refurb all these signs. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Because didn't did, I seem to recall like Michael Fleckner? Michael yeah, he, didn't he, he go over too. there? Yeah, he, he worked did go over there. Yeah, yeah I, I remember this was a while ago, over a year ago, and I remember him saying that and just thinking, like, mm, I want to do that. Um, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a real story to tell when they get some of this done. Right. It's especially think... cool that we can even like go and visit Cuba now, if you remember. Like, it used yeah, to be impossible. <clears throat> Isn't the government in, in the States kind of cracking, like kind of going back uh, on that sort of stuff? I, I don't know. I don't want to bring politics. Up, but I, I seem to recall like they're a, lot, they're a bit more hostile to Cuba than, than the previous administration was. I was kind of wondering what the deal is with that. But I guess, I guess it's a lot more open anyway. Yeah, well, it's actually, um, you know, it's only 90 miles from Florida, so it's got this uh, long fascination with America. In fact, if you go there, the cars, anybody that hasn't is into art in general should really watch a documentary called Yank Tanks. You guys familiar with that? No, I've never not, this one. not that actually, documentary, but it pretty much speaks for itself. Yank Tanks. <laughs> so it actually, it's actually pertaining to the cars that are there and the restrictions that actually go into actually building them. So there's no way to get the parts. So they're actually fabricating like brake pads out of asbestos and everything. So no that's crazy. Yeah. And like basically warping the glass to make windshields. It's unbelievable. So some of these things yeah. still run on diesel fuel. In fact, they're swapping out engines to basically, uh, you know, get past some of the emissions issues and trying to find certain. I mean, it, they literally are are because re- it's all they have left. So these relics of American past, when you go there, they're literally like a completely different car. 
than what initially was on the street. And the expectation is that, yeah. And so there's these major kind of workers that only know them. And it's what's coveted is if you actually have the actual manual to the car, because it allows you to actually understand how these things were put together. So if you're going to like do anything, those manuals are super coveted. So Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, there's other parts of the world that are like that too, where they don't throw out anything. Like they can't, they can't afford to. Like every, you know, every piece of metal, like every scrap of everything can be used, which is such a cool concept that we have completely abandoned as a culture. Um, but they've been forced to do that. But oh man, that's another place I just got to get to. Yeah, it so apparently so you can cool. still travel legally. Uh, I guess the update, U.S. government is taking effect on June 5th, 2019. Uh, yes, you can as an American. Uh, so there's obviously details as to how that works. And there's like 11 categories of approved travel for Americans. So there's a bunch of different things you can meet, requirements you have to fulfill. But uh, yeah, you can you can still go. So Sweet. Yeah, I mean, cool. I mean, can it, in Canada, I'm not sure. You got to check on that. <laughs> See how that yeah. works. Oh, uh, Canada. We've been, we've, been, we've been going there no problem forever. Like, <laughs> Cuba, has, Cuba has been like um, one of the sort of, what do they call it, snowbirds or whatever. Uh, actually, not really. Uh, in the winter when it's really cold up here in some parts, it's not really cold in Vancouver that much. But uh, people are always flocking south to get to warmth. And Cuba is one of the major destinations. It has been for decades. So, um, yeah, when they were trying to cracking down on Cuba, I think starting with the Trudeau government, I think, a lot, not the one now, his, his dad, um, we've had a very, like, relaxed um, <clears throat> situation with Cuba. Cool. Well, if you yeah. are in uh, Canada, you can go to Cuba. Yeah, I think so. Or if you, if they make it illegal again, you can, if you're in America, you can go to Canada and then go to Cuba. That's right. And then when you get back, you're on several watch lists. (laughs) (laughs) Then they will, you know. I think we're all on several watch lists already. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're all being. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, Stolen historic orchard supply hardware sign is found in return. Uh, Yeah, I mean, so this piece of San Jose history was taken and uh, there's this whole kind of trend. I don't think people talk about this, but taking people's neon signs, you shouldn't do that. It's a big no-no. It's, isn't it theft? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's one of those. It's one there's of those, a log inside, isn't there? <laughs> one of those deadly sins. You know, you should, you should definitely, you know, so the downtown store is, is what happened is, is it's, it was winning on a business, right, in August. So the past three months, the theft of this sign had marked uh, a downtown location since the 50s. And so no one saw it happen. This gas station clerk, uh, there's cops that come up, there's, you know, they had surveillance, um, but no clue. So after months of work, the police detectives uh, located this sign and the curator of the collections for history says the man who took the sign actually took good care of it, which, uh, which is nice, right? Yeah. Kind of nice to know. Um, yeah, so evidently well, that- they were concerned about this uh, historic sign going back up. So he took it upon himself not knowing. Uh, yeah, so, that that's the interesting thing about this story is that the the sort of the story the takeaway um, on the surface anyway is that uh, oh, you know actually you know he's fine like he like he's he was basically trying to protect it and I can understand this because uh, 
I think everyone's heard these stories of like, oh no, they're going to tear down the such and such building. What are they going to do with that sign that we all love? And then one day people walk by and it's on the ground and it cut into three or four pieces. And there's always people who are like, no, what are you doing? Like, obviously. <laughs> so I can kind of relate to this idea that this guy was like, you know what? I, I don't trust that the right thing is going to happen to this sign. I'm going to take it down myself, <laughs> you know, in a way. Because you never know, right? And I, but I mean, I obviously should have asked permission, or you should have spoken to the owner or something. Yeah. Yeah, I but, feel like I feel like when stores go out of business, people just assume that it's like free ground with everything because hmm. they're not around anymore, right? Um, this just happened in LA too. Uh, our Good Luck Bar. It's like this historic neon that has been on basically Sunset for decades. They went out of business, and like not even two weeks out of business someone came by and it was highly visible and they stole the neon sign but didn't have like the proper material so had it like drop to the floor and break all the glass um and then just like ran away with it and there was like they they were caught on video there was pictures taken um yeah oops that's crazy so is that so so they they caught the guys based on the video footage i don't know how they caught the guys but they did get the sign back so that is good news for a bad story well what i was saying previously to danny uh when we were talking about this is because uh she was sort of saying oh man they dropped the thing and broke all the neon just insult injury and i was sort of thinking you know what though it could be good because now they got to go to the neon shop they got to explain to a neon guy why they need all this neon for this vintage sign. Hopefully the neon people are all on the up and up and are following this stuff. Maybe that's how they caught them. But I don't know. Did, was there any, was there any talk of this guy, these people trying to rescue the sign or was it just, just kind of a theft? I think, I think this one wasn't as good. It's just a pure theft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in Vancouver, like I know. The Batman. <laughs> there's one. There's one old guy. There's one old guy who comes into our neon shop um, every couple of years. He, I, I love him because he's he drives an art car, so he's got like all this crap all over his car and doll heads and, and it's paint and trophies and weird stuff. Right. It's really cool old guy, and he collects neon like any neon. Like he'll come by and just be like anything you got. Like he just wants it. And he's a little. Bit, he's a super nice guy. He's actually fairly well known in in the art circles here in Vancouver, in that in more of the downtown uh, uh, east side of things. But uh, I think there's a guy like that in every town, and and I've heard tons of stories about people saving signs, wanting to save signs, signs not being saved. I've seen so many uh, posts on, on the internet of people basically crying and watching signs get cut up that they can't believe are just being destroyed. And this is in the last few years. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny because you know, they say art is stolen, uh, people already involved in petty crime, which apparently is organized in syndicates such as the Mafia. So who knows? Maybe these thieves are, are strongly connected to... I mean, here's the thing. How do you, like a simple theft, how do you protect a neon sign? Like, let's face it, a piece of art you can put in the closet. Hey, man, I got a Van Gogh, but don't look in there. How do you... You can't contain neon, right? Your friends are over. People are going to know the tears, right? Like, where'd you get that neon sign? You're like, well, like, you know, there's this, this guy, no, you know, I got it from now. Nah, right. It's kind of, you're kind of done. 
So I think it's yeah, if you if you still kneel, you just are forced into a life of reclusion. After that's right. That's right. It's it. like it's like stealing the 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 huge diamond, you know, in the movie, right? It's like yeah, there's only five guys in the world of five people in the world who like are able to purchase the thing, right? Yeah. And they never show they never show their collections. It's funny because it, it reminds me of of myths I've heard in this town of the of barns in the Fraser Valley uh, where these, you know, wealthy people have like secret collections of vintage neon signs and, uh, and they don't want to advertise this fact. In fact, uh, I've heard of um, movies and TV shows renting from these kind of guys and they'll just sort of on a dime just be like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, like they're really squirmish <laughs> about, about showing what they have. And there's one, um, what like Vancouver's refurbishing a lot of uh, old signs, and what they and they're even bringing back signs that uh, that are long gone, and having them remade based on photographs. And in Chinatown, they're doing this a lot right now. And one sign, a local sign company, remade it from photographs. But before they were were commissioned to make it, the city put out a reward for the sign, and said we basically said. This sign came down between this time period and we don't know where it is. And if anyone knows where it is or can lead us to it or help us get it, there's a reward. And uh, it went uncollected. Uh, no one knew where it was. And I, and I really think a lot of these signs and, you know, uh, it would surprise us that surprises us now, but 20 or 30 years ago, no one cared. And so they, they probably went oh, in landfill. Or maybe they went in this one of these dudes' barns, right? You know, or they were cut up for scrap. Who knows? That's why we all need a Las Vegas Museum of Neon to put. <laughs> That's right. To put our just put a gate around it. In. Put a put a freaking gate around it, right? Exactly. Just put just it in the sun. We can't put it in the sun. Put a gate around it. I think it. we need armed guard. We need armed guards at any right. sign that's we need an army. That's it. That's right. If you're listening, no, build a wall. Build yeah. a wall yeah. Trump, around it. That's it. If you're listening, I think all neon guys should be armed. At all times, and uh, <laughs> well, you heard it here first. If you uh, you know take this it upon is yourself, from Canada yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You guys would be surprised. We have a lot of guns in Canada. I don't personally own any guns, but I have shot uh, firearms in the last six months. But we, we got a lot of guns here. A lot of guns here because it's a lot like the states. We got a lot of rural areas, and uh, that's where you see a lot of concentration of that. So especially like Alberta. Um, Manitoba, places like that, Saskatchewan, you see a lot more gun ownership, but all across Canada, we got lots of guns. Yeah. Lots so, of guns. So the, the rule is, you know, if you're safekeeping in a warehouse, be careful because we will find you and we'll, we'll bring That's you right. back. Don't, you can't yeah. hide. You can't And hide. you guys are Americans. So, hey, watch out. Americans yeah. with guns. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up is going to be here. Neon champions, Randy Dixon, Relight the Night. Uh, this is a really cool thing. Randy is a chairman of the Relight the Night Committee. And uh, essentially, it's, you know, Idaho State Historical Society honored 13 individuals and the groups to promote the past and preserve uh, the past as well. So uh, Randy and the Old Town uh, Pocatello Foundation Relight the Night Committee each received one of these awards in June. And uh, yeah, one of the things that uh, Randy's really into is is basically preserving this history. Well, that goes back to uh, the, the neon in the area, and uh, tragically there was a fire in '93. But uh, Dixon continued this uh, memory of basically uh, exhibiting and a Facebook page and uh, really preserving uh, history of the Chief Theater. 
which is uh, the main thing. So, uh, was it the was chief? Able, was it the chief theater that burned down? Uh, I don't believe that burned down. I think what I think it was actually, uh, yeah. So it looks to be like it was burned down. Because uh, the photo I've seen of the sign now, it looks like it's mounted to a giant concrete base, which is cool. Uh, there's some in Vancouver that way too, where the sign is, where this building's gone but they have the sign still and they have it mounted in an alternative fashion. Right. So, yeah. So the, basically it has come back to life since the iconic chief theater sign was relit in 2013. So 2013, they put it back to a uh, bunch, I guess the lights back together and uh, local businesses. Uh, there are now 27 historic signs that turn on every night, according to the Facebook page. Uh, and this committee good. is really great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mm. kind of one of those things where, you know, you've got, you've got this guy who's basically really kind of honoring the past and accomplishing a lot, a lot with just sort of his business sense and community membership and whatnot. So uh, good for him. I think it's another positive turn for neon. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of the guy I was just talking about in Vancouver, because as I, I don't know a lot, I don't know a lot about uh, Randy Dixon other than what I've read recently, but um I think I read that he's been doing this a long time. There's something he's been working on a long time and uh, like kind of like an original kind of person doing it before people really understood why he was doing it. I, I think, uh, which is pretty cool. I think there's guys like that all over the place who really are like, were way ahead of their time and uh, yeah, made a huge impact or making a huge impact. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's all around win. Uh, for next up is going to be Krispy Kreme is bringing hot donuts to Times Square. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, donuts are hard to resist as well as neon. Uh, I don't know if you're a big yeah. fan of them or not. Combine <laughs> the two and it's just like irresistible. Um, they said that the hot now sign is going to be the biggest one there ever has been. So The biggest hot, right? The biggest thing, there, will, there will be nothing hotter than that hot sign in 2020. It's opening up 24 hours a day. Uh, you can stuff your face with donuts and marvel at this giant 24-hour sign in Times Square. What do you think, Cameron? I hope I, I hope they don't make it out of 10 mil clear red. That's all I'm going to say. Because, <laughs> what, what because do you think <laughs> I, I don't got, I don't think about t- at 10 mil clear red. I love 10 mil clear red. We go back a long ways, I mean, in them, but, <laughs> but, uh, the th- okay. The thing is, see, we have a Krispy Kreme here in Canada and, uh, <laughs> I'm sure we have many, but we have the local one around here. Where is it? Uh, sorry. So it's somewhere around here. Um, so we end up, I end up servicing all the tubes for it and it is a nightmare to service. It's got these like super long 10 mil clear red tubes making up and it's a pretty detailed logo, right? What is it? Hot. What is it? Hot and fresh. I can't remember. I don't, I don't have the logo in front of me, but yeah, it's cool. It looks awesome, but they shouldn't have made it out of 10 mil red and they shouldn't have made like 12 or 13 foot unit. It's just, it's a pain in the butt. Like you have to wait when you're servicing it, you, when, when they go back, you literally have to put do you, I don't know if you ever do this Danny where you like cut pieces of clear glass and silicone in between two points on a tube like when you've got one of these big floppy tubes you know that you yeah. can barely pick up without breaking it you put it make a cross beam in a glass you know young tube or whatever and use silicone I have to do that 
because the thing is so easily broken. Anyway, sorry, I'm just taking my digs in. No, uh, I think that's great news. Great no, that's news. good. I like how, so when you're up there, you're just, <laughs> you just like, when you get a call, you're like, God damn it, I got to like go and fix Krispy Kreme again, or is it just like? <laughs> well, well, you know what's funny is I don't have to go because I'm the neon guy. I sit here and make neon all day. Ah, and there you go. That's, that's the story anyway. Well, then but, you don't uh, get the free donuts. There you go. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't get free donuts, and I don't think they do either. To be honest, you don't, you don't get you don't get the diabetes. You don't get I diabetes. know this. I know this. It takes two guys to work on that sign, because the way they got I I can't remember what the deal is, but basically there's one guy that needs to like hold up a huge face, uh, protective face, so that the other guy can work on it. One guy has so to hold one guy has to hold the donut while the other one installs the sign. Tell us the truth. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, one guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, believe yeah. it or not, this is actually founded in 1937. I had no idea. I don't know why. It just struck me. North Carolina, of all places. So, um, oh, I thought it was from New York City. Yeah, North Carolina. I guess this guy I'm sold wrong. them in grocery stores, uh, but the demand oh. led him to sell sweets directly to customers on the sidewalk through a window. So, I wonder when he got his first hot now neon sign. <laughs> he was like, I, <laughs> I, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it would be, it's, a, it's always. Be. It's interesting to look at the evolution of, of, of signage with companies like that because a donut company, there you go. That, that's like the, the, tip, the type of company they probably always had neon signs from the very beginning because it yeah. just works. It's like dealerships. Yeah, for or, donuts, or, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shout, yeah. Out to, uh, shout out to donut, donut dealers for taking care of neon people for so long. Right? There's, there's laundromats and, and you know, psychics, but, but donut people, yeah, they've always been, you're right, Cameron, they've always been very uh, loyal. Oh, neon, neon, yeah. Yeah. neon and donuts go together. You know what? <laughs> um, especially, I, I'm sure it's true there, was true there. Um, but when, when, I was, when I was a teenager in Toronto, um, you know, staying awake all night, smoking dope and whatever being punk rockers and, and getting into trouble there's there's a donut shop in any direction a stone throw in any direction open all night at that time and they weren't all chains they were just like you know john's donuts or something you know the donut hole or something like that and right. it would be like one person working all night long and those are all gone um because i guess uh starbucks uh here and i know there to some degree tim hortons kind of became a monster and uh and a lot of those are gone there's still some of them remaining there's one here this i'm sure there's more than one but there's there's one here locally like a 20 minute drive from here <laughs> that's got lineups out the door but it's so funny such a cultural thing when uh, so this would have been the 80s uh is like for the most part gone i guess because of starbucks or whatever but uh now uh, and i'm sure this is true with you guys but uh, these sort of donut boutiques are really popular. Have you seen these? No. Yeah, no, I like it, I don't think it's in LA yet. Yeah, the most common first. kind of donut shops you see are like these high end. It's almost like a sweet shop, you know, like. Oh, I know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the one local. Oh man, I totally myself now, but it's like they're expensive. Yeah, you know what I mean, and they don't serve. They don't. They don't pack them the way they used to be, all squished together, so that like the icings all stick to each other. They lay them out flat. Well, like Krispy Krispy Kreme style, they lay them all flat, right? Like yeah. they're like yeah. like their artwork or something, and they're expensive. They were good, 
but they're pretty expensive. But yeah, those those old donut shops are all gone. So maybe that's good. Yeah, it's good. Krispy Kreme is still around, I guess. Yeah, the one in New York is actually called Donut uh, Plant. That's the big one here. That's donut the one plant? that's in like, Long Island City. It's in the yeah. So the donuts are, you know, they're, they're like typical. But you like you said, they lay them out. Uh, you, you know, they've got like the the special edition type thing going on where they have like. It's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty. It's they got your pretty. bacon donuts. You know yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. This yeah. is not like your raised maple and, and <laughs> jelly filled donut kind of stuff. This is like high end donuts. <laughs> yeah, it's high end stuff, right? So, this state, I, style seating, this place is going to open up on 48th Street uh, in early 2020, uh, close to the 1400 shops that are there. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be uh, pandemonium when it opens. So, uh, if you're in the so area. is it all going to be neon or are they going to use a lot of LED? What are they doing, man? What's the deal, Max? You know, I, I sure can't really mean. tell right now, but uh, I imagine. See, where's I the photo? I, I can't imagine it wouldn't be neon. Uh, here's if the it's, photo. It's okay. got to be neon. <laughs> so I see a huge illuminated front on this building that's probably yeah. LED illuminated uh, some sort of backing right? thing yeah backlit and then it looks like on top there's probably that must be neon that the hot the hot now crispy cream that must be neon for sure yeah you know um times square has been pretty uh you know run over by neon obviously the the plastic industry has had its way but i think where we're seeing televisions and everything come back it's a bit of sensory overload i think partially because of the fact that you know people are so into watching video nowadays but there is a good amount of neon lights left um, as you sort of scroll through Broadway and, you know, look at more of the premier places that you're familiar with, like the tourist attractions. And unfortunately it's a big tourist attraction. I hate to, I don't, I'm not going to sell it as anything else, but this kind of lost neon imagery, some of it's still there. I definitely feel like the pulse of New York city is here. Um, when you get to like, you know, see different things like even McDonald's taking full effect of neon and having like the cascading neon that goes across I me, mean, like, mm seen that online or not but uh yeah i recommend to check it out at least once if you're in the area I, I don't think it's a great place to see neon but it is it is a spectacle so if that's what you're looking for um cool well uh so that pretty much wraps up where this episode uh kind of started and ended but as far as our last segment we kind of call this your content to deliver where you get to talk about something you really like want to share it could be anything video neon doesn't matter related what are you obsessed with like right now cameron you want to go oh i forgot to research this part of the the segment of the show um <laughs> what I, anything, I, what what uh, what's like your your stick i can i'll go first i'll tell you what i'll hit it up you go first um so basically abandon uh video where people will travel to these travelers who basically scope out um places now if anybody's ever seen this there's a bunch of really good ones online just google it um but yeah i'm just like the the nature of uh of how people try and find these buildings uh the extent at which they try to like climb staircases made of half broken metal um believe it or not they found a couple of neon signs in like a detroit theater which was like hidden up above uh really just yeah, and and they're pretty crazy. I mean, there's usually a couple guys, kind of young, who are probably you know obviously super gung ho about you know obviously putting themselves in danger. But 
there's this kind of like keeping the lights on through just watching the video and it feels like you're there. I mean, there are the silent ones get pretty weird. I would avoid those, but uh, if you don't have a stomach for that, but there's other things too, like I talked about where kind of the past kind of lingers on. So that's, yeah, I'm just, I don't know what it is. Just can't get enough of it. Okay. I thought of something. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now. Uh, I thought of something. Um, there's a guy on Instagram. I've really been digging on recently. His name's Chris Raleigh. Chris, I don't know how uh, R A L E Y. He's uh, his Instagram handle is root nine signs and he's recreating all of these cool classic uh, like uh, highway type signage diners and hotels and stuff. Some of them, some of them well known, and he's making miniature versions of them. Have you seen? No this? way! I'm looking at yeah. it right now. This is so cute. Oh my god, this guy's amazing. It's him and his son, and um, I I don't know how I found him, but uh, I started sort of following him about uh, four or five months ago, and yeah, every every week or so, he's like turning out these little awesome little miniatures, and I mean, he's set up for it. Um, and recently, he's been working on illuminating like trying to recreate neon in miniature. Like these are like uh -huh. 16 to 18 inches tall. But um, yeah, he just posted something today. I really recommend people check this out. And it's, it's like a color TV RCA sign, you know, the one kind of sign that would hang under a hotel sign, like advertising that they have yeah. color TV. And he's got it lit up and it's tiny. You can see it in his fingers. Anyway, I'm just loving this guy's thing. And uh, he's doing his own little special angle of what we're talking about you know preservation of neon culture and everything i just think it's awesome i think everybody else should check it out and he is root nine signs on instagram chris rally rally yeah so believe it or not he was actually i had him on the show uh he did you really yeah yeah when, when did you have him on the show? Wow. <laughs> um, max you're so say... on top of it <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> so, well, I'm so not on top of it. No, no. I, I, There's I this chick, Danny Bonet. She's really kind of, she's really with it, you know? Yeah, uh. yeah no, it's cool because I, well, I didn't want to steal your thunder. Like first off, yes, he's really cool. Second of off, yeah, he's incredible. His, he has this really cool story about kind of his son and, and, and how he brought himself into kind of doing these miniaturette uh, signs. So Chris mm. was on the show and he talked about, um, yeah, how he kind of started making these series of, the show is called Aut Autism and Understanding with Miniature Sign Maker Chris Rowley. I can't remember, I think it was around, so it's around uh, the end of April, actually. Uh, cool. And yeah, I mean, he's just an autism dad. He discovered this kind of new way. And if anybody doesn't actually know, he has a YouTube channel now, and you can actually watch how he makes these at the time. Oh, that's right. Trying to get that off the ground. and was like toying around with the idea of kind of showing people what he does. And so now he has this like really, and as far as I know, I mean, I haven't really seen him kind of uh, anything like it. So the fact that yeah, it's pretty on, unique. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't remember. I, I, I actually, now that you say so, uh, I don't know how I saw it because I'm not really on YouTube really that much. I mean, you know, watch crap. But um, <clears throat> but uh, I did see some segments with him on YouTube where he's testing out different things. He's trying out, sorry, he's trying out different things to look like neon. So he's got um, three or four different products that are sort of mimicking neon that are quite thin and all the problems he was having with it and basically couldn't find anything that really worked because when he bent it, uh, it would, it would break the light 
So where all the, all the types, like if you tried to do a word, all the type bits would be dark or, uh, or you know, it just wasn't working, but really interesting to see what he was, you know, just basically experimenting, you know? Yeah, Chris is, um, he's like one of the nicest guys, ever. you know, I know we say that about a lot of people because they all are really great. Everyone I've had on the show, but uh, Chris has a, an incredible talent for just sort of kind of building his own way and kind of doing his own thing. But he, he told me, he was like, you know, uh, I just kind of fell into this. He had really never really realized what he was doing. He was actually making like small autism, uh, like, you know, the, the block, right? Like the symbol for autism. Um, so he was making those and that's how he got started in all this miniature type stuff, which is crazy. Cool. You know, cool. I really want to know what Danny Benny thinks is amazing and new and right now. I also did not realize that I had to answer this question. So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Sorry. of mine on the fly, Danny. So yeah, you, you, you have a very sharp brain, Cameron. <laughs> it, literally, it can literally be, it doesn't have true. to be me related. I, I, <laughs> I'm like whatever, whatever. Like, what are you hey, really like? What's that I'm, for? Thing? I'm obsessed with this TV show called Euphoria right now, which yeah. kind of has a touch on me on because a lot of the color schemes that they use kind of have that like glow, like that's really trendy in sort of cinema right now. Even like Stranger Things uh, had a bunch of neon props. This one, this show doesn't necessarily have like neon in every frame, but I feel like they use the glow. From all of it so it gives this like retro feel but this show is freaking incredible like what can you watch it on what's it what's it on it's on hbo and like okay. there's a lot of dicks just a little warning like i think whatever what <laughs> episode like had 30 dicks like um, wait a second so, wait, wait, wait a second are we talking full frontal nudity yeah, here? We're talking, what are we talking about yeah we're talking full dicks. frontal nudity we're, we're talking dick pics we're talking just oh like, geez i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i can't handle, I can handle a dick any day we're in uncharted territory it's fine <laughs> i'm a mature guy i can see a dick it's fine <laughs> anyway but it's really cool because i feel like they sort of like treat men i guess kind of in this like sexualized way like they they definitely do it to girls too but i feel like in this show everybody's equal like and i kind of love that mm. and the stories that they like present are just like i feel like are very like groundbreaking like it's like non-stop drama and they're intense but like it's topics that i've never seen like done before and i feel like the way they write it is just really incredible is it drama like what? yeah it's mega drama it's a thousand okay. percent drama yeah okay cool yeah, H- sounds cool HBO is uh yeah they need a new show after uh Game of Thrones. Game yeah. of Thrones just wrapped, right? So this will definitely keep the young ones in. I'll tell you that much. There you go. It's very hot. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds hot. Lots of dicks. If you're, Lots yeah, exactly. Discover break. your, 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 your uh, inner. Yeah. So that the the, the new faces of uh, media here. We've we've kind of coined everything you need to go and look at, right? Um, <laughs> cool. Well, wrapping it up, uh, guys, thanks a lot for, for being on the show, Danny and uh, Cameron. Really appreciate everybody being on. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to, to knock out another one of these. I really, uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us, Max. And uh, it's nice to finally talk to you, Cameron. Yeah, same here. Same here. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy uh, to finally meet you. I love your work. Uh, you, yeah, yeah. There should be a podcast about what you've been up to because uh, a lot of amazing stuff. And yeah, thanks for having us, Max. It was fun. We should do it again. All right, guys. Until next time. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that show. If you haven't done so, please leave us a review on your podcast aggregator of choice. 
We have a lot of great neon guests coming up, and as always, thanks for listening.